Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We'll start today with loads of compassion. I know there's lots going on in our world. and There are some folks having a really tough time. Um, I'm also opening in the sense of awe. I'm really in awe for the co- conviction I'm seeing all around the world um, for ways big and small that people are stepping up um, and helping one another. So I understand that there is uh, a darkness. There's a lot of darkness for some, and I encourage us to see the light, uh, see the light in each other um, and in ourselves, and we will get through uh, and be better for it. We'll go to our first caller now. So, Raph Douglas is joining us from Italy, so I've got a lot of Europeans on the call today. Yeah, I can hear. Hello. Hi, Molly. Hello, everyone. That's fantastic for joining. If I can fill the gap uh, while the the colleague from Germany is recovering the line, uh, I I want to start saying that I am really amazed by the consistency of the messages and suggestions you present in your Safe series. And I started following you on LinkedIn, and it was uh, immediately a hookup, not only for the topics you propose, but also for how, uh, you know, you you say them. (laughs) I feel you cover an area which was overlooked uh, way long between uh, the the hundreds of smart thinking books and courses and online materials and so on, and their application in the actual life. That's something that many people have talked with about your program uh, field. I appreciate that. I really, really do. And I thank you for, for being a part of that because, you know, we're all better together on this. So I'm, I'm really grateful for your calling in. And I, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in your country. So my heart is really out to um, you and, and all the folks out there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, something that uh, unites the whole world in this moment. So I think that the boundaries between countries uh, doesn't, do not matter so much today. For sure. We're all in one world. I mean, if it's ever been uh, made abundantly obvious, it's now. And I think it's really, you know, I, I do say this, it can get, you know, it can get very scary. It can get very um, sad. And at the same time, I feel like I, I'm just really hopeful that we will be much better for it. And that you know, the, the people coming together, I have to say, um, you're being willing to help take time out of your day. I mean, it's just really an amazing thing about people and, and I hope that everyone's feeling that and I know I've reached out to just check in with people see how they are what can I do to help people have done the same for me and that, that just sense of caring and letting our humanity come through which is really what Say It Skillfully is all about is is really heartening yeah I agree it's uh, something that is a picking up moment and uh, people are discovering more also the meaning of neighborhood and friends uh, even if uh, it's not possible to see them physically lately to meet them in person but it's, uh, I think that there a new kind of network is uh, developing between people yeah for sure for sure so uh, what can I help you with do you have a sensitive situation or okay. what kind of conversation can I help you yeah, with today? Um, it, it is not directly uh, linked with compassion but maybe it's somehow parallel because uh, uh, several years ago, I made a point to myself to always uh, tell people what I think about them, and that is actually under two conditions: that is, uh, that I had uh, known them uh, for long enough for having an idea of uh, who they are. And that doesn't block me that I have been their acquaintance for uh, like two years, maybe sometimes even half an hour chat or even quarter an hour talk can be enough to have an idea of who you're in front of. And the second point is, of course, that uh, the consideration must be positive because people already have enough uh, you know, insecurities and slight fears, and uh, we want to bring positive attitudes, not negative ones. And I do that also if I know that uh, I will never meet that person again or never see them again. Um, this approach provides me uh, provide to be an important point uh, that I never walk away from someone with the regret of 
not having told them what I think and uh, on my hand and on their end, they're probably receiving a nice perspective uh, and gaining a little bit of confidence or just have a little bit uh, of a better day maybe. And sometimes, uh, this is depressing, this feels, however, uh, a little bit awkward still. And I wonder if you could suggest with your experience a way to, I don't know, maybe uh, frame a compliment uh, so it does not run the risk of being seen as a pure factory. Well, what, do you, what is your uh, way or what would be a skillful way to, to, for this approach? Yes. So for folks, it's you want to offer positive input to someone at the same time. You don't want to yeah. sound like you're patronizing or overly, um, overly exactly. so. Do I have that? Yeah. So that's a great one because I really, as, as you've heard before, it's so important to be positive and to reinforce the positive things people are doing. Um, oftentimes we're quick to point out the 5% that's not right and we miss the 95% that's awesome. I always like folks to first consider, and, and you've heard this, is just kind of what's going on for ourselves, right? So if there's a little bit of nervousness, if I'm afraid that, for example, I'll come across as patronizing or overly too much flattery, I encourage folks just to share that uh, transparently because then it's in the universe. So, you know, you know, just say, Joyce, Joyce, I don't want to sound like I'm over the top, right, or uh, being too extreme. I just want to really recognize X, Y, Z. And, you know, I think there's always appreciating behaviors, just distinguishing the behaviors that people are doing versus the who they are as a human being and just being mindful of that. Oftentimes with negative reinforcement people will, will kind of start with you did you are you and it may be accurate it's very personal that way and so mm-hmm. to be able to start with i notice i observed the, so, uh, xyz whether it's negative or positive so you might just say i noticed this amazing impact uh on other people and what that impact was you know whether they were smiling whatever when you said X, Y, Z, or you did such and such. And so to be able to share the full picture on that, I think is um, a way for someone to realize that you're not, um, you know, playing up to them. I also think, yeah, I also think if it's a senior, junior, so if it's a more senior person and and you, it's, it's fine. You know, I want to, for folks who are younger listeners, they might be thinking, well, I don't want to look like I'm, you know, sucking up to the boss because I'm saying that something went well, right? Yeah. So I totally understand that fear. So just say, you know, Mr. Boss person, I, I just want to point out that you know, I noticed that you did X, Y, Z. And for me, it really landed well. And, I, and I'm really grateful and to be really genuine. And so I think that if people can get in relationship with themselves and be who they are and then let that come through, there's less chance of um, being misperceived. I'll pause for a moment. How's that land? Yeah, thanks. That's a good point. Keep proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question for you. I think it's so yeah. great that you have this no regrets philosophy. I certainly wish I had figured that out sooner in my life. I'm curious how you got there. Have you were you always enlightened that way, or how did you get to that realization that that's how you wanted to leave any interaction, whether you'd see that person again or not? No, actually, I was uh, quite shy until maybe uh, 10 years ago or so. And at one point, I, I discovered that there was a kind of not an anger, but uh, not an anger, but uh, some negative feeling I, I got when I left someone and I knew that I would probably never see them again in forever or for several years. And I wish I, I would have told them something positively about what I think about them or how I felt with them, talking with them, or even like, 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 yeah, what was the conversation like? Just to make a point and closing the, the 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 time we had together in a positive way. And when I was able to formalize this uh, thought and to understand that was uh, uh, tied to me not uh, not saying something at the end. Uh, I, I told to myself, no, okay, this has to change because it cannot be that I 
walk away with something positive that the other person did not receive because of me. Okay, and uh, that was the, the turning point in this small, I to say, field. But that uh, had a lot of uh, positive uh, uh, fallbacks on, on my life as I see myself, as I see other people, and, uh, and also because it helps me concentrate on positive uh, things about other people, not looking for negative ones, which is a general tendency and was mine too, but more on the uh, looking at the positive side. That's so powerful. I, um, the kudos to you for recognizing that. I think that... Um, for folks, you know, I think there's a lot of um, earlier in career folks that I work with that I feel very impressed because they're very, they seem to have a self-awareness. They really seem to be open to, you know, seeing that they may be landing in ways that are different. And for the folks who have been doing something for a longer time, um, it definitely seems harder for them sometimes to, to have that awakening. <laughs> I might say that in a nice way. Um, I'm, I'm curious, have you um, worked internationally? I'm, you know, I'm just wondering how you're finding across boundaries working in different countries if you do you know, just um, kind of skillfulness, ensuring that people are hearing what you think they're hearing. Um, I don't know much about your work. Maybe you could share a little bit about that, Ref Douglas. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, uh, I work as a civil and environmental engineer and I'm a consultant for several companies and, uh, around the world. And uh, also we have a company in the U.S. And uh, yeah, we have, uh, I do like talking with people, exchanging ideas, and I always try to, I say, to bring a positive attitude. And in that, your, your series really helped me because uh, there were some points uh, in which there was no way I had an, an awakening, as I said before. So something that uh, you brought to my attention and I started working on it. That does not mean that I'm uh, no, uh, anywhere as good as you are or some more uh, skilled people are, but I'm, uh, uh, I'm confident and I'm, I'm walking in the right direction. And, um, and I'm not sure if you're asking if uh, there is uh, any international barrier on this, or um, because I, I think that uh, when meeting with people, uh, besides the possible language barriers, uh, I think is more or less uh, tied to somehow the way you behave. It's not so much. It does not have so much to do with cultural background or uh, some other uh, blocking uh, aspects one could think of. It's more really the way you, you pose uh, and you propose yourself to the others, how you mark the others, and how, uh, actually how well you listen to them. Ooh. It, it does not Fair. matter. In my small experience, uh, in my country, in other countries, it's an international environment, the local one. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting the power of listening. What a way to honor and respect people by truly truly listening and I find that is something I always really need to center myself on because my head can get ahead of where the conversation is and I have to keep it on track. So I'm really blown away because I'm an engineer too and, and so I really appreciate this and I'm, I'm really wondering because um, they've said for men sometimes and, and I really believe this, they're, they're socialized to not necessarily work with their emotions as much. It's not that they're not emotionally intelligent or socially intelligent with others. It's just that they're not nurtured that way. So I'm wondering for you, and, and the training in engineering is a little bit more, you know, technical. It's a little less focused on the people at the start. So did you find that you really had to focus on that? Because um, you just, you have a sense of just, I just sense a sense of wisdom about people, Ralph Douglas, which is really great, you know, and I'm, and say a little bit more how, how you think you've developed that. Well, I think that uh, being a male, I was a total failure with that at the beginning. And I, I still feel that I, I'm not, uh, not what, how I wanted to be or how I wish to be in that sense, in that I would like to be more uh, able to, you know, get a feeling of people and, uh, and that's, that's something that developed in me to answer your question during time. And uh, as, um, as I started understanding some, maybe a decade ago, that uh, 
the way you uh, you go uh, and, and propose yourself, the way you interact with people, which does not mean necessarily what you what you say or how you, even how you say on, but as I, as we touched before, as we highlighted before, also the way you uh, you uh, appear open to the others. Because uh, if I if anyone goes to a partner or to a business meeting, for example, and uh, and uh, just uh, tells their their ideas up front, it can really happen that sometimes it uh, felt like having patronizing everyone, and it's uh, that's uh, a big failure I always had uh, for, for as long as I remember. Once I understood it was not the the, the way to move. And that was not the way how people could receive the ideas and start uh, thinking together about uh, ideas. Uh, I started finding ways to change that. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's something that uh, goes, I think it's a lifelong, uh, <laughs> lifelong effort. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing everything. that. I appreci- yeah, for sure. I appreciate the humility sharing that um, maybe it wasn't a strength. Um, that you've turned into one. And I just want to reinforce for all of our listeners, you know, we've talked about these words, the meta skills, the energy, your vibe, and really, in a few words, how you show up. And to really, in these times in particular, to get within oneself and figure out how do you want to show up? How do you want other people to receive you? Whatever it is you say, however you say it. And that's, um, you know, what you're sharing, Ralph Douglas, is that's a huge huge uh, success factor, right, for your interactions with others. Uh, I know you're a very busy person. I really appreciate your joining. Um, before we wrap, do you have a top takeaway or thought you'd share with our listeners? Uh, at the top, sorry? Take, uh, the, the do you have a top takeaway? Do you have a top takeaway from our little conversation? I'm framing it in the, in the context of the of the episode. I think that uh, the the idea of compassion, even from the etymology, uh, from the roots of the word, is uh, something that uh, I would talk more about. Yeah, that sounds great. So I appreciate you. Let me know how it goes. If I can be of help in the future, don't hesitate to reach out. I hope at some point we'll cross soils. It would be great to to meet in person. Yeah, it would be. It would be great, really. Yeah, thanks so much for calling in. I appreciate you being part of the solution, and um, you take good care. Have a great week. Awesome. Uh, For our listeners, would love if you would like to call in, and the number that's toll-free is 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. And we'll take it back to the States now. And I'm thrilled to welcome Tom from the Massachusetts area under the call. Welcome, Tom. Hello, Malik. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, thanks, all things considered. I'm locked down here. Yeah, we got that lockdown thing. So at least it's sunny here in in New York City. hoping, Hoping you're getting some sunshine where you are. Um, yeah, a little bit here. I'm up, up on the coast north of Boston, in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Fantastic. That's great. Well, thank you for joining me. And what uh, conversation or situations on your mind today? Well, I'm a fan of your work. I've followed your video series on LinkedIn, and I recommend a lot of people to do that. It's it's really helpful and informative. And um, my question, is, or um, what I'd like to hear you talk about a little bit is, in a very general sense, without being too specific about the situations that I'm in. Um, I work in a, in a medium-sized organization, but uh, very large for the type of organization, um, several thousand employees. And there's um, a top-down hierarchical management style in, in place, which doesn't really seem appropriate for what we do, but that's that's the way it is, and it's led to an extremely toxic workplace environment. Uh, in fact, you know, when we heard that we weren't were on lockdown, I was relieved not to have to go there. Um, it, it's really bad, and um, it's getting worse, and it's gotten worse. And I've tried to leave, but uh, as an older worker, it's not as easy as I would someone would imagine it is. 
So I'm, what I'm getting to is that um, there's a lot of adversarial type of, of uh, interactions that happen um, between man- management and labor. Um, I'm on the labor side, and sometimes I find myself in those meetings, and uh, it becomes adversarial. And, um, you know, I, I get angry, and I have a lot of emotions that are coming up, and sometimes that has... Um, I've allowed that to, to color my interactions in ways that afterwards I I regret it because it, the anger doesn't really look any make me look good and it doesn't get the results that I'm looking for. So I would like to hear about uh, maybe some techniques or or meta skills that you recommend. You know, beyond the normal, um, you know, pausing and taking a deep breath or uh, you know the things that we we read about and hear about. Do you have any like really sort of um, ninja uh, techniques that I could use to, other than just shutting my mouth, to, um, to to deal with these situations where the emotions tend to come up and 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 influence things in a negative way. Right. Thank you. Thank you for raising this and sharing that. That's a tough thing for you, Tom. And and I have had moments for sure in my life that I have had not very pretty outbursts. And I would bet that most people on the phone can nod their head. So this is something I think mm-hmm. um, all of us deal with. So first of all, I would encourage you to practice compassion for yourself, which is to say, like, we're all not perfect. And we can highlight some things we'd like to improve on. Just don't be too hard on yourself because that's not helpful even though it kind of feels like, well, I need to be better and you can you know, berate yourself. Some folks do do better when they're very negative with themselves. I think generally try to be more positive with your own self. And that's just first and foremost, always trying to be in good relationship with yourself. Um, I had um, work with some folks who actually had, were very senior and had some relatively severe anger management <laughs> problems. And, um, and, you know, I think the first thing is, for folks where it's, where it's really chronic is to just be transparent with it and that that's something that you're working on and want help with as opposed to denying it and pretending it doesn't exist. So I think it's important for people to have the trust and the confidence. Um, so that might be within a family, right? To say, look, at I know this is, you know, part of it is a real upside because you're passionate, right? And you care. And that's the root of that. It's not from malice that that comes from, Tom. So just understand that that's going on for you. Um, so I think peeling it back, two things. One is that when people do practice meditation, and it's not a touchy-feely thing, it really, really does loosen the fight-or-flight connections um, in the brain and help us to be more calm. And the meditating is a practice. I just had a conversation with an executive yesterday about my wife and I feel like we need to do something and I sent a bunch of resources. And so the ability, there's so many, right? Whether it's the, the apps that are out there, many online resources, and it's a great practice to just center oneself. And over time, and it, it, it absolutely will show up. You'll find that you're not as jumpy. You, other people will notice you're not. It takes a little bit of practice, but it doesn't take you know months and months and months. It's something that you can start to see really quick returns on. So I really encourage that. Also, it helps with stress management. So it's a so the meditation for me is a great resilience toolkit. And for folks who are wondering, yes, they have apps. It's not necessarily um, so touchy feely. It could be a mindfulness walk in nature. Some people are runners and they're very meditative when they're running. Some people, it's gardening. It's the ability to be really focused, present, and in the moment. Um, so I think that's one. Uh, the, set, the second thing I would offer is, um, you know, this notion of how do you show up, the meta skills, I do think it's it's part of your your own sense of, look at, you may be right to be angry and it's totally fine to be right. You know, like that's, it's, that, that might be the case. You've got to step back and say, what do I care more about? Do I care more about the whole? Or do I care more about my being right? It's a choice. And I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. If you think about the whole, the team, the group, the couple, and that moment and saying, you know, I want to be part of the solution for that. And that might be working with a child, you know, with a young child, they can get very frustrating and you know, to be able to be your best, truest self in service to the other person, you know, that can be hard. But when you really frame it that way, it's not that hard. 
right? You love your child. You want to be, you know, doing the best for that person. So I would encourage, I, I appreciate that um, perhaps the environment really, you know, over time is just not, you know, not what it could be and it's disappointing. So acknowledge some of the things that um, are going on for you. And then it's a choice. It is a choice. And I, I do think that that exhaling, exhaling the frustration, inhaling love, inhaling compassion, inhaling that other people may not be in a good place themselves can help you to, you know, activate the caring side of Tom that you know just wants to really help solve the problem. So just pause a bit there. How's that landing for you, Tom? That's good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's very helpful. I think, uh, you know, I, I, Ralph Douglas, we're talking about men and women, and I do feel that society has given women, um, from a socialization standpoint, a little bit more permission to emote a bit. I'm not saying it's good or bad or right or wrong. I think that may be well, the case. Well, they get criticized for <clears throat> that, though. If you look at, you know, in politics, for example, how, yeah. how women get criticized for that, for the same behaviors that men would do. I Absolutely. It's very unfair. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, and it's, you know, it, it, it is what it is. I think it's important to recognize that what male or female behavior is interpreted differently and to be able to call it out. Uh, I do think for, for you, right, you, you've got, you know, you have a lot of emotion. And so to channel that in a loving channel versus an angry channel and to think about what, that, what that's like and that there is a bit of pause in that. For you, if that's something that it's harder for you, you know, that can be the one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, just breathing a little bit and then going, that can make a big difference for people. And that can be a strategy like in that moment, bite your tongue till, <laughs> till it hurts. That might be, you know, be something that, yeah. that, that works mm. for you. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it's something I've been aware of, and I've worked on it over a very long period of time. And uh, th- you know, there's there's times where I was able to moderate, and the results maybe were better because of that. And um, it's just something that I, I guess I still need to work on quite a bit and continue to work on. And and I don't think that my um, my my issue with this is is much bigger or problematic than many people's, but. It's something that I'd like to, at least at this stage of my life, be less regretful about about things that I've said or done in anger or with feelings of resentment, for example. So this is the part that is good unpacking. So that feeling of resentment and just, just which is very valid, whatever you're feeling, but to step back and say, why am I feeling the resentment? What's going on there? What can I control? What can't I control? And just, you know, that you can be a little bit more surgical on to just understand it for yourself. And then you're, you have a choice. If it's something that you really can't control or can't influence or choose not mm-hmm. to, you just put whatever category it is, you have to say, am I at peace with that? And that is a let it go. You know, my, my mentor, Marshall Goldsmith. Yeah, yeah. You've seen it. He waves his hand, let it go. Let it just, and we, we do this in groups, you know, hundreds of people put their arms in the air, let it go. Let it go, Molly. Let it go, Tom. And I know it sounds crazy, right. but that's, our, you know, this is my wish for you is you want to be your best friend. You don't want to be your worst enemy. Yeah. Right. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'd like to find, be in one of those groups someday. Yeah. Well, I think that, that uh, you could sign up for that. That would be great. I appreciate your, um, your joining me. Before we wrap here, do you have a, a top takeaway or an epiphany that you're leaving with? Um, not really. No, I mean, this is, uh, the, doing the work, the internal work is something that I've been aware of for a long time. And, uh, I, I think you've reminded me of things that could be helpful, such as the meditation, um, and, and pausing before speaking. And, and the, the meditation, by the way, is something that I have tried and it is helpful. I agree with you. And, and exercise is also a good thing. And, um, that's something that, you know, with all the um, stress that's been going on lately that I think I've ignored and I probably should make a, a supreme effort to get back to doing that because it, it really does help. That's great. 
That's great. One last thing I'll share, and I have offered this to a lot of folks, is there, at least on my iPhone, there's a voice memo function. And, you know, if you record yourself and then listen and say, gosh, if I were on the other side, is that what I want to be hearing that? <laughs> and that's a very rude, like for me, it's a rude awakening thinking, wow, you know, you, you may consider that you're speaking one way and then it maybe lands a different way when you actually listen to yourself. And so I found that to be a really great way to uh, what should I be recording myself? If you're doing? on any conference call, any conference call, any interaction that you're on, um, it is a way just okay, to get your self-awareness. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's interesting. I, I have somebody who's going to um, wanted to interview me later today, and they asked if it was okay to record, me, record it. And I said, yes. Yeah, so maybe I'll ask for that recording so I can listen to it. That's a perfect idea. That's fantastic, Tom. Yeah. Listen, I'm cheering for you, and I appreciate your joining and being part of the solution. And if there's anything I can do, don't hesitate to reach back out. Thank you, Molly. You're great. I love your material. <laughs> Take good care, Tom. All right. Yep, too. Bye-bye. Ciao. Okay, I am thrilled that Christy is on the line. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thanks for joining. Hi, Molly. Thanks for having me. So, my friend, what situation, what conversation can I help you with today? Yes, I am um, really struggling with one. So, my, I, you may have had a lot of this, um, people asking you about how to deal with situations around the COVID-19 when you don't agree with their behaviors. And you, and one, one of them happens to, to be my husband, and I live with him. So, I want to be respectful but I am trying to figure out a way um, to let him know that um, I don't want to travel. So he wants to fly to Denver to visit his family, and he thinks it's safer probably to be on an airplane now than any time because everybody's hypervigilant. And I don't know whether to cry, pitch a fit, refuse, be angry, but I do need to figure out a, a way to, you know, respectfully let him know that I'm not going to do that. Can you help? Great. Yes, yes, I can help. And I, I feel for you. We're all in those situations. Um, I think we have senses of what, you know, we feel very strongly what's right and what's wrong and um, what's healthy and what's not. And, and it is an environment, Christy, where, you know, it's a, there's a lot of gray. So, you know, right. that it's, it's tough to navigate. I think it's, you know, as, as always, for your own self, starting with yourself, it's just try to get yourself in a place of while you have very a strong sense of your conviction, your husband does too. Um, and right. so to the extent that you can unpack, you have, I would call different realities right now. And, you know, this is not one of those things where the science is going to give you a definitive answer. It really is gray. So right. the idea of going into the conversation, which is, you know, with love and respect, right? Those are the energies and saying, you know, I'm hearing you and I'm hearing that um, you really want to go see your family and, and I think we're just having a disconnect on, you know, what's safe and the right thing to do are. Can we sit back and just talk about this very openly and I'm going to do my best to not be emotional and try to be really objective and hear you. Right. So just I think it's teeing up. Let's sit down. And and it's not about a tit for tat and, and saying, you know, so what what is it to share with me where he's at and, and what that means to him and and hear him, really hear him. And and that's good advice because I'm struggling with not wanting to hear him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is you're jumping ahead to what the answer is, which is he's going to go and I'm not going to go. Right. And so, you know, and. To be present, you know, the previous caller we talked about meditation, being really present and with love, not making anyone, you know, good or bad or right or wrong, but honoring the human in your husband and just saying, hey, what's going on for you in hearing? And then, you know, ask, you may ask some questions. You may just say, what's that mean? And, um, and see what he says, right? And just, just work with that. And then you take a turn. Right. And share and and you know I think there's a lot of fear here, which is to say share some of those fears. And I'm I'm afraid you know we go in there and you know they know they they say they're germaphobing the planes and you know I I, I can't I don't feel like I can wrap myself in saran wrap and be safe you know and just and 
figure out what's really going on for you. You know, I, I have had friends fly not in the last week, but just before. And, you know, the planes were not full. Staff was super, you know, diligent. And again, I'm not trying to convince. But to your, you know, for your own self, can you be open and imagine, you know, what that might be like? That still may mean you don't feel comfortable, but you want to be able to sure. lovingly hear each other and then to be able to, you know, decide what's really best for the couple. And, and so you may also think of it as the three-way. There's you and your husband, and the third entity is the couple. And each okay. of those each of those entities has needs, and you may address the couple separately. Say, what, what would be right for us? Right? That's an interesting perspective that, that I haven't thought of. But I, I like the part about being vulnerable because often I don't really let that side show. But I think that it, it really does boil down to fear. Like yeah. I'm afraid. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. And I, I want to hug you virtually, you know, tell you I love you. Because <laughs> Thank you. We have, yeah, we have these fears, honey. It's really, it's great. I appreciate your sharing it and it's the human side. And that's, it doesn't help anybody to hold it in. Um, and they're and they're valid. They're very valid. I think that you know I've been doing a lot of reading too, and the keeping of the distance, the keeping of the hygiene. It's all good, right? If people just keep the distance sure. and the hygiene, Christy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really really okay. great. So the whole notion of oh. the catastrophizing, you know, you don't go there, right? That that you want to be right where you are, controlling what you can control, and you know, people are safely flying. Again, I'm not saying that that you should, but just know, right? Businesses are conducting in a way that is helpful and safe for people. Um, so, Good. you know, you got yeah. to weigh it out. got to weigh it out. So, um, question for you is, um, do you have anything follow on um, as a result? Um, well, I think that I think that I have a couple of, you know, ways forward here, and and that's very helpful, like thinking of a, a third entity and seeing another point of view and being willing to see another point of view. I'm a little stubborn, <laughs> but being vulnerable is probably the right way, um, and, and, and taking the emotion out. So those are my, I think, next ways forward. Okay. Okay, a big virtual hug to you. I appreciate you Thank being part you. of the solution, being willing to see, you know, it differently, and then reach back out if I can be of any help, okay? Thank you, Molly. Thank you so much. Big virtual hug back to you. Yeah, take good care, and we'll all work out. You too. Ciao, Thanks. ciao. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, from New York now, we have Haley on the line. Haley, welcome to the show. Hi. So, uh, what's going on for you? Um, Well, I'm relatively new in my career, and I guess um, in past shows you've kind of touched on this, but I'm kind of struggling with recently some people left or um, quit, and I guess there's been more responsibility um, that that I could take or have the opportunity to take, but I'm not really sure how to go about addressing that with my boss and then also um, like how to, how to get compensated or rewarded for um, gaining that extra responsibility. Ooh, great to be, um, um, I guess, you know, taking advantage, you know, what is it? Luck is those who are prepared. So good to be lucky. So first of all, congratulations on opportunity. Um, So, (laughs) yep. So, so I would say, Two things. One is um, understanding what you want. So I'm calling that the the ta- the task part, right? So if you think about this, which is not to say that's the answer, but to have a point of view about the jobs that are out there, and it maybe it's stepping into the role, but maybe it's also re envisioning the role. So again, not saying that you've got the absolute answer, but you may put yourself at a meta level looking down boy, is that the right way to do the work? Is there a different way? And so just being able to, I would say, architect 
uh, a role, a job to be done for the organization that serves it. And so to give yourself some creative license as to what that might look like. So that's a what, Mm -hmm. and that's just in preparation. And then I think the uh, the really important part is how you show up. So if you're really excited about it uh, versus nervous, and if you're nervous, it's totally okay to be nervous. You want to be able to move that energy out of your system before you actually talk with the boss and get yourself to a place of, look, at I'm here well, young and eager, wanting to be my best, which is, of course, what your boss wants, right? And so you're just here bright, ready to go, And you realize you don't have the fullest picture of the whole company, of course, but based on what you know, you're doing your best to, you know, present a way to help the organization even more than you are. And I just want to encourage, you know, at all levels, but particularly for those who are newer, boy, new, seeing things differently, having the energy, um, having some of the greater technology skills, huge advantage, right? Organizations need you, they want you. And so know that it's not, kind of, you know, a one-way street. You have a lot, lot of value um, to add. So um, in a conversation, but first I'll pause before I give you some ideas. Does that make sense, what I just laid out? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So in, in a, approaching uh, um, a boss, it might be like, uh, Sharon, Sharon, I um, appreciate the time. And I've been Thinking, I'm you know, grateful for the opportunity. I've loved working here, you know, the positive things about it. Um, I've noticed that we've got some changes, and I wanted to, you know, put my hand up to, to be able to have some greater responsibility. And, you know, again, energetically, not in an entitled way, of course. You know, I've, I've been working hard. I see what I've done really relates to some of these new roles. And I've actually thought about the job. So it may be exact job, maybe a different. So may I lay it out for you what I'm thinking? So you lay that out, walk someone through that, and then create a real back and forth, you know, idea. Well, they might say, well, why do you think that? Well, from what I understand, if we were to have these two, these processes, so you kind of show how you thought it through and then see what they say and, and be prepared. Well, you know, oh, you, you, you sound like you, you look like you may not, you'd be a little bit concerned. Is there anything that concerns you? So any, anything that you can do to create transparency for the person, and they may say, I need time to think okay. about it, right? That's a great time to think about it. I'd love yeah. to check back in. Can I check back in in whatever time frame, right? So um, now I would just hold out the, the compensation piece. I think it's a two-phase thing, so I don't think that that's one conversation. So I'll just pause right there. Do you feel like that would give you some ammo in terms of how to proceed? Yeah, definitely. I think that it's helpful to think about it um, and like address their concerns or like have the transparency to ask those questions so that it kind of signals to them that you have thought about this and that you know maybe they will have some concerns rather than being afraid of those concerns and just kind of wondering about their judgment um, within. Yeah, and I think that some of the wording for concerns is so without you because you know, sometimes it can come out like weak oh do you have a concern and so if someone's thinking through that you know like, oh I can see the wheels are spinning what's on your mind and and see what they can say um, I could imagine you might be wondering if I have whether it's the skill set or the experience to do XYZ, is that anything that's on your mind? So you're not trying to necessarily introduce it, but you're, you're, and so that shows confidence, by the way. So people who are worried, like, oh, I don't want to come across as I'm weak, just showing that, hey, I appreciate that you may not know all these amazing things that I'm doing because, you know, I've been off doing them. And so here's a real opportunity to, to shine a light on that. Um, I guess the question okay. I have is if the person, isn't open at all um, how you might respond when they say no. Mm, yes, I, I had thought about that too and was was wondering how you would respond to that. But I think that um, I guess just based on what you said already, if they said no, you'd, you'd want to ask why and, and see, you know, what concerns they do have and see if you can address those first. But I guess what would you say if they if they really shut it down and said no this is this is like an outside hire thing or something? Yeah, I think that that's the you exactly pointed it out. Just we get in conversation. To me, those are not 
hard nose necessarily. They're just like, they need more information, they need more time. If it's really a hard nose, a hard no, you know, I, I see that that's the decision and share the disappointment. So I'm like, you know, I'm really disappointed. Um, I can see we're not aligned and, and I appreciate whatever that they may see. You don't have X, Y, or Z. I do have to say I'm disappointed about it. I'd like to ask, can I revisit this in X amount of time? So what, what's, a, what's a proactive can do next step um, that, oh, yeah. uh, right, that you could do? Or the, another role, well, you know, that's, I appreciate you want someone who just has more experience and you just don't have it. Would it be possible if I partner with this new person, um, I, could use, I could then help that person come up to speed? And it would also be a, um, you know, a development opportunity a stretch opportunity for me. So you're creating space for yourself. And I think it shows to the person, you know, this person really wants to like do this. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, mm-hmm. there is a yeah. lot to be just saying, you know, I, I get it. And I'm not saying I'm, I don't, I, I don't have the skill. I, I hear you. However, I'm pretty committed to do whatever I can do so that, you know, I can somehow um, play a, a role there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been really helpful. That's great. Do you have a particular top takeaway? Um, I think, I guess the more, I guess you kind of just said it there in the end, but showing confidence when you're going throughout all of these discussions and also when they say no, not stopping there and kind of, um, even if you don't have a skill set to show that you're willing to learn and not quit there. Yes, for sure. And I'm going to also um, offer as I did to the previous callers, those kinds of conversations. Sometimes when we're, if we're a little nervous, we'll speed it up, which we don't really want to do. So it's not bad to have a dry run, talk into your phone and then play it back. Does this sound like a young person that I want to give this new responsibility to? Um, you've done a great job. I haven't noticed any ums, no ahs. That's fantastic. I have a tendency to do that. Lots of folks do. So to be able to take advantage of some of those tools, anyone who who speaks well and you think, oh, it's so amazing. It is not born in the womb. They practice. I just want to encourage that you can call up friends. You can call okay. me if I run it. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. That's fancy. I appreciate your calling in being part of Solution. You take good care. Thank you. You too. Have a good day. Ciao. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, I just want to uh, put out the number. If folks do want to call in, it's 866 472 5790. Um, and I do want to, Radu, who had joined originally from Germany, wasn't able to be heard. So I apologize for that. Um, but he did um, uh, um, text me some of uh, what he had been working through. And for him, he had been in um, a company where it had been very, you know, top versus bottom. So not a great sense of we are in it together. And also um, it had actually played out to be quite a significant to the tune of, you know, half a billion dollars worth of loss. So it was a very, very tough situation. Um, So folks have heard me say when you're in some of these environments and it's just not going to change, my, my plea to you is to just look inside and ask yourself, is this, is this really all there is for you? Do you, do you really feel like you need to stay? Um, I understand for some folks, really, there isn't a, ch- a chance to move. I think of this particular environment, it's very, very tough. So I'm not trying to be unrealistic. But when things do get brighter, I do want to encourage folks um, to think about where, where would be a better place. Now is a good time to think about an inventory. You know, what do I do really well? What don't I do very well that I don't want to get better at? And then what are the things that I don't do well that I do want to improve at? And I want to empower folks to say, look at, you know, ask people who've worked with you and get a good 360 sense of um, what you, your superpower, what your geniuses are. And then to think about the environments that work for you. And oftentimes I've, people ask me a lot about jobs and I don't think they've done as much of the work they need to do. Um, so an environment that may be big or small, maybe um, a travel, no travel, what are some of the criteria that really matter to you? Um, is it the type of people? Is it the hours? Is it And just to be able to get it down. So this is all the 
you do the work and establish what are the things that are the must-haves, must-haves. And so that's when I say do the work, that's the, the part that no one else can do for you. Then the opportunity, and I call this informational interviewing. And by the way, I do think even if you're very happy in a role, it's great to get out and just smell the roses and, and connect with people, see what other people are doing, stay current, share what your great company's doing and the great work you're doing. So don't get caught in the, what I call, um, you know, head down, pencil up, just tooling away there. You want to be able to be out and about um, um, and, and staying current. And so the informational interviews, a lot of folks have asked me about how to do those sort of things. It's just, it's very clear. I'm happy. I'm staying where I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere soon. I'm just out trying to understand, you know, what some folks or people are doing that I may not have any visibility to share a little bit about what they're doing. Um, you may have a set of questions. I always encourage something like, you know, if there's something you would do different, do differently, what would it be? Um, um, you can find out, um, mistakes that they've made, you know, and just be open about that. And then always, you know, offer what you could do to help someone. And it may not be anything, but just that real genuine offer to help whoever you're talking to can be a really great thing. If it's someone you want to preserve the relationship, just say, could I check in with you in six months from now? Um, so for folks who do the work, who are, you know, using my time well, um, then I'm, I'm happy to help those kinds of folks. But it's, it's frustrating. You want to think about how can I help that person help me as opposed to just landing on their step and expecting someone to solve your problems. Okay, so that's just a thought for folks um, who might feel like there's an opportunity off in the horizon for them to, um, to move on to something that's a better fit for them. Uh, so one last thing, my uh, thought for today is... Um, and someone sent this to me, there's a word illness. If you take the I and turn it into a we, it becomes wellness. So from illness to wellness, it's not about I, it's about we. So I'll leave you with that note um, to really focus on the collective, to be there for each other, and to know that we'll get through this together. Um, and I thank you for tuning in. It's a wrap for today's show. Please reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.